Hello, good morning and welcome to Lee Road Baptist Church. My name is Sarah and I'm one of the members here at Lee Road. It's great that you can join us today. I'm just going to pray. Father God, thank you that we can be united as one. I pray for each and every household represented here on this service. I pray, Lord, that you will prepare our hearts and ready to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Yeah. I'm looking well. Where are you joining us from today? So I'm at university. This is my room. Um, wow. Got my nice little lights. Um, so, yeah. I'm, you, I'm you got Christmas lights? <laughs> no, you they're all, uh, all the time. Oh, okay. So that's how, instead of a bedside light, I turn the lights on. So then it's oh, not bright. See, okay. So. <laughs> well, we have Christmas lights up in our house already, and for which I can only mm. apologise. It was against much protest from myself, but I get overruled in our household. Um, our, our, our road did a, an alternative lights on uh, last that. night, so we thought we should probably get them up to join in. So I'm feeling very festive, um, which is appropriate today because we have our first Sunday of Advent. Uh, entering a new season for the Christian church and for us at, at Lee Road. So um, I'm really looking forward to starting to think about uh, that and for the Christmas that it draws us towards. And with that in mind, Sarah, we have a video to show. And this is um, something that has been much awaited and called for by various members of the church who are really missing the children of Lee Road and um, so much of our life and energy on any Sunday morning is given by the small ones that, that join us <laughs> yeah. and, and they've been doing some remarkable stuff every Sunday. There's a team of people who have been meeting on Zoom online and coming up with all sorts of creative ways to help young children engage in, in, in the Bible and uh, to keep in touch which is so important with one another to continue their friendships through this difficult time. But for, for many reasons, it's not been easy to, to link us into that um, on a Sunday morning, but they have prepared a special video for us, thinking about Advent, thinking about Christmas, and the children just sort of sharing their hopes and their, the things that they look forward to most about Christmas. So, should we look at that? Okay. <laughs> I'm looking forward to opening the presents. Presents. Getting Christmas presents. And getting presents and things I love in nice presents. Hard Christmas. And who's Bossy gonna bring you? Bringing you can watch. <gasps> ABL's coming. Ooh, the Christmas pudding. Be probably the coming of Jesus. The coming yes. of Jesus on Christmas Day. And also I, I I can't wait for my presents as well. Pigs and blankets. The tree and decorating it, that's fun. And I might give some presents to different people. Um, snowballs. Snowballs. <laughs> Um, seeing family to mostly the present <laughs> the coming of to celebrate Jesus' birth. Santa, um, 
does this really big footprint of sparkles and it takes hours trying to get it off. There's Father Christmas coming and letting Mum clean up the snow that he makes. And writing to Santa. And writing to Santa. Chris Dingle on Zoom for kids. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that quite a lot. Christmas time. Christmas lights. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah, they're pretty, aren't they? Yeah. Anything else? I love it. That was so lovely. (laughs) Oh, it's just wonderful, isn't it? Christmas would not be the same without some humour from our children. So thank you so much to all the families that contributed to that video and the children especially. We'll try and find other ways to to drop in on them from time to time throughout Advent and beyond. It's really wonderful to see them. So one of the other um, traditions that we have at church throughout Advent is we have an Advent wreath, which unfortunately I wasn't able to lift up any more than I have been able to do. But this is it, and Mary's um, prepared it for us. I'm I'm really grateful to Mary for that. Later on, we're going to be talking about our services in Advent and how many of them are going to be uh, on, uh, on, on site. So the wreath will be there for us all to enjoy and to see. But for today, we are going to light it. Uh, through this digital platform and as I do so Sarah's just going to pray for us thank you Sarah Lord Jesus we thank you for this incredibly humbling act that we can participate in throughout Advent God made man light brought into darkness and so we are like so we light this candle of hope we simply pray that you would shine once again into our lives illuminate the darkness in our lives Be the light at the end of our tunnels. Be the hope we so desperately need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that. We are joined um, this morning in the rest of the service by a handful of other people, the first of which are Danny and Helen. Are Danny and Helen there? Yeah, we're good, thank you. Fantastic. It's wonderful to see you. I've seen you a little bit throughout, um, throughout. Uh, the, the year because you've been joining us in the children's groups as well uh, that I've not always been able to attend but it's been great to have you involved in that and to join this morning as well you're going to lead us in some prayers aren't you of, of praise and thanksgiving so over to family Jago thank you thank you dear God as we start Advent we pray for those unsettled at this time amen Dear God, we thank you for our schools and health service and all the people working to keep the country moving, even at this difficult time. We pay for wisdom for our government, that they will strike the right balance between keeping people safe and allowing them freedom to meet their families. Amen. Dear God, thank you that lockdown eases this week and that all kids can go back to their clubs. Amen. Dear God. Even though this year has been tough, we want to thank you for the greatest gift of all, Jesus. As we start Advent, help us to remember the good news about Jesus and the hope and peace that comes from him. We thank you for our church and that we can still meet together, even if it's only virtually. We thank you for our ministers and all who make these services possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Back to you, Steve. That's wonderful. Thank you to the Jagos. We will um, no doubt see you again very, very shortly. There's some wonderful comments in the chat. So whether you're tuning in on Facebook or YouTube, if you are signed in, please do 
joining the uh, the chat and the engagement. There's lots of people saying hello, some love for the seeing the Jagos, which is wonderful, uh, and for the children and for Sarah, and lots of good mornings. I won't read them all because there's just so many of them. But please, if you haven't said hello, um, and if you fancy commenting throughout the service, that is the time to do it. And from now on, then we will try to check in and see what everybody's saying. Uh, I need to hand over now to Claire and to Andrew. Are you with us? Oh, wonderful to see the Scots. How are you doing? We're fine. Yeah, fine, thank you. Good. It's so nice to see you. <laughs> I, do, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I haven't hidden the fact that I've been missing people very much throughout this period, and it's lovely that you could join us and, and drop in. I know this isn't the first time, but nevertheless, it's great to see you. They're going to bring our reading this morning, which is from Mark 1. Thanks, guys. John the Baptist prepares the way. This is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptised to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptised them in the Jordan River. His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. John announced, Someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. And now back to Steve with the sermon. What gives me hope this Christmas? Probably my immediate thoughts of vaccine. But having been on so many walks lately, I think it's the world of nature and God's creation in that we, I've seen the seasons, autumn go, winter come, and not around the, not too many corners, there will be spring and the resurrection of Jesus. I find my hope in, in, in Christ, in Jesus. My hope is, is found in in the glimpses of light that he gives us. Um. I find hope this Christmas, knowing that God became a man because he loves us so much. Hope can be found in tidings of great joy from the Christmas message. Circumstances were not easy for the first hearers, or now, but hope can be found with inner joy. I find hope in helping others to find hope and making maybe their lives a little bit easier. Right. I think I also find hope in simple things. So just trying to enjoy whatever you have, even if that's not much at all. Um, I think the sense of community spirit that we've seen this year really gives me hope this Christmas. Um, whether that's people kind of putting up bunting down their streets to cheer everybody else up or donating to the food banks. Um, or we've got a wildlife project um, going at work and the amount of volunteers um, and people donating plants to that has just been overwhelming from a community that might never have stepped foot in the hospital but just want to help. So 
Yeah, for me, it's community spirit. This Christmas, I think I will find hope in getting to meet friends, people I know, perhaps even people I don't know, to go on walks, albeit social distance, just to chat and, and see people face to face again. Uh, I think that's where I'll get my hope this Christmas. My hope is that our church family will all stay safe over Christmas and that when we meet in the new year, we really will be able to look forward to a happy new year. Our Our hope hope for Christmas is to see Millie Olive Davy, our brand new granddaughter. Faith anchored in Jesus Christ gives me great hope. I see God's hands working tirelessly behind the scenes, using the great minds of the scientists to create the vaccine with unheard of speed. With the vaccination, I'll be able to take the long flight to see my mother in the States. The thought of holding her and spending time with my mom gives me great hope this Christmas. Hope is born is the theme of this Christmas season at Lee Road. It's a theme chosen in the context of a world in desperate need of hope. So thank you to all those who shared something of where they see hope or where they anticipate seeing hope this Christmas. It's a wonderful variety of thoughts and experiences and expectations. This morning, I want us to think more about where we might look for hope. The season of Advent is now with us. It's the countdown, the period of anticipation as we slowly unravel the story of the birth of the saviour of the world, the hope of the world. It's a story with which we are all extremely familiar. But today's reading from Mark's Gospel doesn't begin with the traditional elements of the Christmas narrative. There are no angels whispering in Mary's ear. There are no shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night, no wise men from the east following a star, no big-eyed animals standing around a straw-stuffed manger. Mark either didn't know about those things or else he didn't find them particularly relevant to his version of the story. For him, the good news of Jesus Christ begins in the wilderness of Judea with a peculiar prophet named John the first real prophet to turn up in Israel in over 300 years. If Mark's gospel were a film, I imagine this is how it would begin. First, you'd get a long pan shot of the desert east of Jerusalem, row upon row of beige hills with nothing on them but rock and sand and silence. And in the distance, a shepherd dressed in black leads his sheep up one of the hills. And as they disappear over the other side of it, the title appears on the screen just as we heard it a moment ago. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's a long title, I admit, but then that's quite fashionable these days. Then you hear the narrator's voiceover as the camera continues to scan the hills. Just as the prophet Isaiah had written, the voice says, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. And then the people appear on the screen, walking towards something that you can't 
quite see. And as you watch, they come to the edge of a big crowd and they push into it, straining for a better view of what's going on up front. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. The voice goes on. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. And just then the camera breaks through the crowd to show you the strange looking man at the centre of all the commotion. He's standing knee deep in the river Jordan with a soaking wet person shivering beside him. He doesn't look like anyone else around him. As different as they are from one another, the others at least look like they came from the same century. While the man they've come to see looks like, well, a Neanderthal. He's dressed in camel's hair with a leather belt, the same exact outfit Elijah wore 800 years before him. His hair and his beard look like they've never been cut and he's as skinny as anyone you've ever met. Surely this is a statement of some kind. And those of us watching the movie may not be able to interpret that statement very well, but those standing around him certainly could. This man was a messenger, predicted by Isaiah, dressed like Elijah, sent by God, a prophet in the classic mould. And maybe that's why people flocked to him. But it's not easy to make sense of it. Everything I know about him makes me think I would have gone out of my way to avoid him. He sounds too much like those street evangelists who wave their Bibles at you and tell you that you're going straight to hell if you don't repent right now. And then they go on to explain in precise detail which sins are the most serious and what words you should use in your immediate act of repentance and then they proclaim whether or not you've passed the test. Only there was a big difference, one big difference between that kind of person and John. You know, self-appointed prophets tend to plant themselves right in your way. So you have to cross over the other side of the street to avoid them. They get right up in your face and dare you to ignore them. Whereas John planted himself in the middle of nowhere, he set up a shop in the wilderness and anyone who wanted to hear what he had to say had to go to a lot of trouble to get there, borrowing the neighbour's donkey or setting off on foot with enough water for the journey, which led down lonely, dangerous paths infested with thieves. You have to wonder why someone would do a thing like that, especially someone from Jerusalem which was where the temple was and the rabbis and all the accumulated wisdom of the religious establishment. If someone wanted to hear from God, why not stay right there? Maybe attend an extra service or make an appointment with one of the chief priests. Anyone who would turn away from all that and set off for the wilderness was looking for something else, something the temple could not or would not supply. And apparently John had it. He was scary looking. He was uncivilized. He was from another planet, but he spoke about the one who was coming as if he were repeating what God was saying to him right at that moment, one sentence at a time. He didn't have many details. He didn't know the name of the one who was coming, for instance, or what he looked like. 
but he knew that the old world was about to end and a new world was spinning towards him, carried in the arms of God's chosen one. It was a message of hope that was extremely compelling. Hope was the promise of a world that would be built out of new materials, not the rearranged stones of the old religion. The Holy Spirit had been all but covered up in Jerusalem with pretend piety and temple taxes and priestly hocus-pocus. It was like the flame of the Holy Spirit was all but snuffed out under the weight of all that nonsense. So God moved the flame out into the wilderness where the air was sharp and clean, out under the stars where the flame could be fanned by the most socially unacceptable character anyone could imagine, dressed in animal hair with a makeshift piece of leather around his waist, his breath stinking with locusts and wild honey, John proclaimed that someone was coming, someone so spectacular that it was not enough to simply hang around waiting for him to arrive. You see, Advent is more than just a time of waiting. It's a time of preparation, a time of active anticipation. Hope is not a passive emotion. It's every bit as expectant as pregnancy. Something wonderful is on its way and we need to get ready. And for those who heard John's message, now is the time to act, to prepare the way so that when this person came, he could walk on a direct path right up to their front door. That was the good news John was the beginning of. He was the messenger of hope and the message lit him up like a bonfire in the wilderness and people were drawn to him. They were drawn to him apparently not only because of who he was and what he said, but also because of what he offered them, a chance to come clean, to stop pretending they were someone else and start over again by allowing him to literally wash them. And the bath was his, his own idea. There weren't any rules about how it was supposed to be done. There were no you know, baptismal classes. The rabbis hadn't okayed it. It was just something John offered those who came to him, even the women who were not allowed in the inner precincts of the temple, even well-known sinners who would never have dreamt of trying to get in at all. John's baptism bypassed all the temple and all its rites. Setting up shop in the wilderness, he proclaimed his freedom from so-called civilization with all its rules and requirements. He called people to wake up, to turn around so that they would not miss the new thing God was doing right before their eyes. The good news always begins with a messenger. Whether it's an angel whispering in Mary's ear or a parent telling a child a story or a skinny prophet standing knee deep in a river. And what strikes me about this messenger, this John the Baptist, is that he was nowhere near a church. And those who insisted God could never be found anywhere but inside the church never heard his message. Only those who are willing to enter the wilderness got to taste his freedom. And many of them were still there, 
when the spectacular someone arrived far from the civilised centre of town. My guess is that every one of us has some idea where our own wilderness lies. But we also know of a long list of all the good reasons why we should not go there. It's risky, it's dangerous, our religious friends might not approve. After all, it's comfortable here. We know the ropes and we know we will be fed. This is where we are discipled. This is where we meet God. Why should we hunt God anywhere else? I can't imagine. Unless somehow you've tuned into a voice crying out in the wilderness, a voice that you can't quite make out from here. Church is a wonderful place. And through our Advent, we at Lee Road will be praying hard that God's voice will be heard through the services and activities that we provide. But if we only listen for God in our church, we will miss half of the message. At a time when we prepare for the birth of the Messiah, where we eagerly search for the signs of hope for a world in despair, please let us look out for the glimmers of the flame of hope burning in some of the most unexpected places. Because we do not have the monopoly of the Holy Spirit, and if we did, we'd suffocate him. The Spirit is not for us to claim as exclusively ours. The wind blows wherever it pleases. The good news is always beginning somewhere in the world. For those with ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to go wherever the way may lead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning I simply pray that for each one of us this Advent will be a time of attentive hope, that we would find space to look around us, courage to journey to places we may not have expected to find you, and an expectant desire to prepare for your coming. Would you show us the parts of our lives that need cleansing? Would you give us a renewed intentionality to make ourselves right with you and with those around us? And would your light shine brightly in us, just as it did through John, so that we might be messengers of hope in the wilderness of others, and that we might be able to point them towards you? Lord, this Christmas, may we and those we encounter understand love, joy, peace and hope in a new and wonderful way. Amen. Well, there you go, Sarah. This is the moment in the service when we tend to have a little bit of a chat. Um, yes. <laughs> what we made of it and see if there are any other comments I meant I apologize because I meant to say before we started all that for folks to write in their comments if they had ideas of where they might be looking for hope 
uh, this Christmas. It's not too late. If you'd like to do that now, then that would be great. Whether we get to comment on them or not, I don't know. But it's always nice to have that record of, of what people are saying in the, um, in the in the chat. And we have had a few. Um, but before we get to that, I, I'm dropping it in on you a little bit here, Sarah. But have you got an answer to that question? Where might you find hope this Christmas? Um, I found hope in the kind of the, the nature and the sunrise and the sunset. Um, I think... Like I watch the sunrise as I'm on my way to work, which is lovely. And when I go for a walk um, before my lectures and just reminds me that there's something bigger. And um, yeah, no matter how difficult the day is or whatever it holds. Um, yeah, it's a new day. It's a fresh day and a day to be more Christ-like and to reflect the kind of gospel in my environment where I'm at. So, um, yeah. That's brilliant. Thank you. It reflects some of the comments that other people were saying in the in the video before the sermon as well. There's there's no way we can contain creation as a church. And thank goodness for that. You know, that we step out of our front door, we step out of our church door and signs of God at work are visible to us everywhere. Yeah. And if we just have eyes to see and ears to hear. Thank you. But we have had a few comments um, so far. David and Tanya have, have said hope, holding on to positive expectations. Andy um, Rothers just put this wonderful, I love what he's written here, hope is knowing that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. And then he unpacks that. He's not just set us free from the past. He's not just here today to give us strength. He is waiting for us in the future with his love. I mean, that just... It beautifully sums up some of the Advent themes that, that we look on the past to the promises of old. We experience him um, in the present and through our waiting and preparation time. But it is all an anticipation of the future. And, and, and that's exactly what hope is, isn't it? It's, it's something about the future, but it's, it's, it's more than just a, a fingers crossed. It's, it's a, I believe this is going to happen. And I, yeah, I, I love that. What else have we got? Um, Alan has said, our street's amazing, generous response week by week to the needs of the food bank it is a place where he finds hope. I, I have to say yesterday was one of these experiences for me. We had our, normally for those of you that don't live in Lee, you might not be aware, but we would have a, a turning on of the Christmas lights in the town, which is heaving with with sellers and, and children with their families and others and a parade and all the rest of it. It's not obviously happening this time, just not possible. But our street took it upon themselves to have a, a marguerite drive turning on of the Christmas lights and it was all perfectly socially distanced and all the rest of it. But neighbours had chipped in to buy lights to put up in all of the trees down our road. Like I said, neighbours were, were putting up their lights much earlier than they ordinarily might in order to take part in this beautiful community moment. And part of that was was a, a, a an online donation to the South End Emergency Fund, which has been collecting money, and neighbours bringing bags of food out onto their doorsteps um, for a collection for the food bank at the end of it. Again, I, I I'm wowed by the sense of community spirit that's taken off this this year in our road, and I have to see God in that. I have to see the spirit at work in that, whether whether people are aware of it or not. That's exactly what I was talking about with us not having the monopoly of of the spirit he he operates and moves within our community so that's wonderful thank you and um, help us follow wherever the holy spirit is calling says angela cecilia has picked up on a line that i used in the in the, in the sermon that i'm really glad she she noticed the good news always begins 
with a messenger. You know, for those of us that know the good news, we have to take that seriously. This is something that we are called to be and to do, to be God's yeah. messenger out in the world. And my hope this Christmas says crazy cello lady is the fact that although things are weird and strange, different in our world at the moment, God's love never changes. This Christmas is the same as ever. I'm really looking forward to Christmas. I don't know about you this year. It will be different, but I, I can't help but think these themes of love and joy and peace and particularly hope are as relevant today as they have ever been for our world and our community. And I think with it being so different, um, it makes us reflect on really what do we want for Christmas and what does Christmas mean? Somebody said to me, like, the stable was pretty rustic and this year is going to be quite rustic itself. Um, you know, I know people that might um, who may be based in uni, at uni and they're like, oh, should we have our Christmas dinner outside? And I was like, why not? <laughs> so that's what they're going to do. They're going to go onto campus and hopefully have their Christmas dinner outside so they can all be together, um, which is lovely. And I think that's the reflection of the church in this environment we haven't been able to meet together and so actually that does look like holding a prayer meeting outside in the rain on campus and it does look like standing in a field um you know in the mud with your wellies on going for a walk or your hike boots or whatever and that's actually that's what the church looks like and that's what Christmas is going to look like and uh yeah I think this environment and this current pandemic has allowed us to kind of um yeah reflect on that which I think is great yeah that's wonderful. What a creative thought and, and wonderful idea. Christmas picnic, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it doesn't become an annual tradition, I'm not sure I'd be yeah. that year in, year out. But you never know, you never know. Absolutely wonderful. And um, There are a number of other comments. Please, if you have a moment, have a look through and add to those that have been, um, that have been added as well. I just want to, um, it just occurred to me as I was listening back to the, the words that I'd I'd wanted to share this morning of a story that happened this week with one of our members and I, I won't share any names but I got a text this week asking me if I had a spare bible and the reason was that this person had had a um, message from a colleague and a friend about their son who's a teenager who um, you know has had a challenging life and been a challenging child as many teenagers have um, but had come home one day to say to his mum that he'd been looking into the Christian faith and he believed in God and he was thinking about becoming a Christian and asked his mum if she had a Bible and it just floored this mum because well it would wouldn't it and it's not that this kid as far as I'm aware had been going to church I mean that's next to impossible now or, or even that they've been tuning into online services but somehow God's spirit had made himself known to this person that was searching, that had clearly gone through their own wilderness experience and yet was looking for something. And uh, God had made himself known. My hope is that, that our church, that this member of the church might be part of that ongoing story of, of being a, a messenger into this young person's life. But a wonderful illustration of what I was trying to say that we can find God's spirit active and at work in some of the most unusual and strange places if we would only go and listen. Sarah, you, um, you're going to lead us in some prayers, aren't you? I, I asked you to think about particularly the, the period that we are in and the, the desperate need of hope that, that many are experiencing, and it would be right for us to, um, to pray in that context. So over to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Let us pray.
I pray, Lord, for those business owners kept awake at night with worry and fear. They feel hopeless for the future. I pray that you will comfort them and provide them a place of solace. I pray for those that are frontline workers who are seeing the pain and feel hopeless with the brokenness of this planet. Remind them of the incredible job that they are doing and that they are giving your most vulnerable people to show them your love. I pray for those who are shielding and isolating and feel that the light will never come and the loneliness feels endless. Please, God, be a friend to these individuals and remind them of your never-ending love. Hear our cry, O Lord. Amen. Lord, in the pressing and in the hurting, remind us that you are making new wine, that you create new beginnings and that you are our hope. Our circumstances aren't hidden from your eyes. Please give us the reassurance to get through this moment, this hour, this year. Remind us that when we trust in you, we don't need to understand the intricacies of this world. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray, Lord, for everyone watching this service, that they can be a beacon of hope for those in need. Remind us that we are the hands and feet of the gospel. Help us shine bright for you, Lord. Amen. Back to Steve. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you so much for having joined us uh, this morning. I really appreciate your help with the service. And for others, we'll, we'll see Sarah. Oh, there. I'm glad she's still there. To play. <laughs> I'm just, this is our moment of goodbye for you, Sarah. So I just wanted to say thank you ever so much for joining right. us this Thanks morning. Thanks for having me. <laughs> to wish you all the best for your ongoing uh, university and, and the challenging placements that I know you're going through. It's all very strange. It must be very yeah. different at the moment. Uh, but uh, in some way, shape or form, we hope we'll see you at, uh, over yes. the Christmas period. So. Hopefully, see you at Christmas. Absolutely. God bless. Take care. Just have a few um, notices before we close with a blessing and a final song. Um, As Andy has has said in the chat, one of the places that we might be able to find hope um, this year is through Life and Soul. They're starting a bit of a Christmas chat on Wednesday evenings through uh, YouTube and through Facebook at 8.30. So if that is something that you would appreciate or you think you might know somebody who might as well, then please do tell them about that. And uh, that will be live from Wednesday on at 8.30 on YouTube and Facebook. Um, we, uh, next Sunday, um, we, we're continuing our services of this Hope is Born series. Um, and because of the end of lockdown happening this week, we're going to be able to do that in-house and live. So we will have our normal um, 10.30 service here in the church building and also uh, before that a nine o'clock service on site and um, if you would like to join us for either of those services it's really important that you uh, book on and information about how you can do that will be emailed to you within the next day or two um, and uh, uh, for those of you that have been before it will be a very similar routine but it would be wonderful to see as many of you as possible uh, that feel able in the flesh here at the here at the church and fear not for those of you that um, can't do that uh, or won't be able to do that uh, we'll be streaming the the second service uh, onto youtube and facebook as well so please just join us online if you can't be here in the flesh uh, we want to just remind you of this opportunity for food donations that continue to come we are 
completely staggered by the response that has been felt, not just by church members, but by the community as well. Uh, but if you would like to donate, especially over this Christmas period, to, to give some much needed food to people in food poverty, um, then please just come either on Sundays, Mondays or Wednesdays to the church, 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, where you'll be able to drop uh, those things off. And then lastly, um, just to remind you that if you if you don't give online um, or if you would like to just make a, a one-off donation, there are ways of doing that. You can donate £5 by texting LRBC to 70970 or you can donate £10 to LR, um, by texting LRBC to 70191 or you can go onto our website lrbc.org.uk forward slash give to give any amount that you would like online. We really appreciate those of you that give regularly and for those of you that have used this opportunity to just uh, donate something small to the life of the church that have ongoing costs and needs. I'm, I won't say any more than that, but we're very grateful. Thank you so much. We're going to finish um, now with this Advent hymn, this Advent song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. But before we do that, I'm just going to read these words from Romans 15, verse 30. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm actually going to read that again. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks for joining us. God bless.